0: Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the
1: screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, The Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh?
0: The Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii, is brought to you by these contributors on Patreon. If you'd like to see more content like this more often, as well as more podcast reviews, impressions, early access releases, live streams, and original content, then consider becoming a patron today. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have the honor and privilege of having the one, the only, Sean Fee, who is the Chief Commercial Officer for XSplit and Split Media Labs Limited. Sean, how are you
1: doing today? <laughs> Hi, Mikael. How are you?
0: Good, good, good. Your day is just starting. It's uh, early there, isn't it?
1: It is, yes. It's, you can see the sun out here in sunny London. <laughs> so it's quarter past nine in the morning, and uh, yeah, that's the start of my day. Usually around nine a.m. Okay, so. cool, cool. Um,
0: are are you having to work from home, or are you able to go to your office, or?
1: Yeah, so we're we're our company is is actually like a Hong Kong company, mm-hmm. and the majority of our team. We have a, a big development center in in the Philippines in Manila. Mm -hmm. um and so the majority of our team are based out there i'm based in london um i used to be in los angeles actually i just moved here in in november and uh so i'm i'm kind of i work from home in general i do a lot of traveling so i like to be in a main hub where i can get to many places Mm -hmm. quite quickly um but generally speaking i work from home anyway so this this whole lockdown situation is not Entirely unique for me, but okay. um, you know, it's it's a bit tougher than usual in that you're not able to go out to the coffee shops and I like, can't even do meetings, can't even travel to conferences and things like that. So,
0: okay, okay. What, what, um, you know, like I know here in uh, here in Hawaii, like we the most we have as far as like uh, you know, we've got the whole quarantine thing going on and we've also had attempts to do like complete just stay at home. Like, you can't go anywhere. I think they ran that for probably three or four days. It it didn't last long. But what is it like uh, where you're at? Like, how is the, uh, is it to the point where, like, you can still go grocery shopping or, or buy, you know, household oh, yeah. needs or?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, well, I mean, we in London, they took quite a while to lock it down. So they were mm-hmm. trying to go really soft and rely on people to self, isolate themselves and minimize their their contact with other people that didn't really work out so well so they kind of have to lock it down a Mm -hmm. bit more forcefully but we're still able to go out to the supermarkets there's the whole two meter distancing thing there's queues everywhere you go Mm -hmm. um but you still see plenty of people walking around the streets and stuff it's just the general businesses aren't open and um you know, people are, are trying their best to stay away from mm-hmm. public places. But with weather, like you can kind of see out the side here in the window, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting more and more difficult, especially like in a place like England, where they see about 20 days like this per year. So mm-hmm. everyone's heading to the beaches. And I see that's happening in the States a fair bit too. You guys in yeah. Hawaii are probably very used to the good weather and the beaches. So it's one to yeah. deal. <laughs> But uh but yeah, for us it's becoming more and more difficult as the summer kind of rolls on. So yeah, yeah. we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, is it's really difficult, especially uh because I live about two two minutes away from Waikiki, uh the where my house is. I literally have if I go to my kitchen and look out my kitchen window, like I've got a clear view of Diamond Head Crater and then Waikiki Beach right there, wow. and every day I'm just wow. looking at it like i want to go to the beach
1: <laughs> wow it makes you appreciate the yeah. everyday things that we used to have right so yeah. i mean you should be appreciating that view and that location every day yeah <laughs> so i hope now you do where if you didn't before anyway
0: yeah definitely definitely so um i know you said you recently uh moved to london you were you were uh in los angeles uh are you originally from Los Angeles or?
1: I'm not. And I, I'm actually Irish. So I, okay. I, I understand I don't have a very strong Conor McGregor style Irish accent. So, <laughs> you know, some people are like, no, you're not Irish. But yeah, I'm, I'm Irish um, originally, but I've, I haven't lived in Ireland for probably over 10 years now. so mm. And I grew up in, in, in Belgium, in Brussels. So my accent is very soft. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, I, I, I basically tend to go where the business requires me to go. And mm-hmm. um, I spent a couple of years in LA because obviously a lot of the games companies and studios are based out there. Um, it's close enough to San Francisco to some of the larger platforms, and you know lots of them operate out of LA as well. So it was a good place to to base kind of you know the business development piece of our yeah. business. Um, but I moved here to London, um, as I said, like in November, because my fiance actually uh, had to come here for work, and I uh, mm-hmm. get to be closer to home and closer to family. So I was I was very happy to do that. Awesome, awesome.
0: So, um, you know, uh, you mind giving like the audience, uh, myself, like a bit of background on yourself, like, uh, like how long have you you been working within like the tech and gaming industry and, and- what what drew you to it? Like, was uh, some of the aspects you love?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I've I'm a, a someone who grew up in the '80s. I was born mm-hmm. in the 1980, so um, I grew up in that whole era of you know the Nintendo entertainment system. <laughs> I, I was a Sega Mega Drive guy and a Sega Master System. I always wanted to kind of go against the popular mm-hmm. choice so I'd fight the Sega corner valiantly, but, um, Nintendo was actually better and everybody yeah. knew that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up during that whole kind of Nintendo V Sega thing and obviously played PC games as soon as they kind of got to that point where they, the games started getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always been into gaming, but in terms of my, my, my sort of background in tech and, um, I, you know, software and things like that. I I started my career as an investment banker in mm-hmm. Dublin. And a friend of mine called me. He was a chef who was um working on super yachts. He was actually working on Paul Allen's super yacht, which is he's a co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates. Wow. And he and he was uh, he was like a private chef on that super yacht doing loads mm-hmm. of big parties and just you know taking care of paul allen's food and stuff but at the same time he was recording youtube videos of himself cooking different meals like how to make Mm -hmm. you know different risottos and steaks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. he was starting to rack up quite a few views on youtube so he called me and he said hey you know do you want to do a business around this let's build a website that like teaches people how to cook through really cool videos and (laughs) stuff like that and uh so i was like yeah, let's do it. So that was 2007. Um, so me and my friend, basically that was our, my first startup, my first tech company, mm-hmm. uh, tech slash digital media content company. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we did, we, we raised some capital, we, we set up the website, we went out and professionally filmed a bunch of videos with him, you know, doing very quick, easy to use, easy to follow videos on, on cooking food. Mm-hmm. and we we um we launched that we did that for a couple of years we did we got some cool stuff out of it we are actually on the british version of the dragon's den which is like shark tank that you guys have oh, wow yeah so we we pitched on that we uh we didn't manage to get funding but we got close um we we were named by apple as one of the top 50 apps in the first year of the app store and stuff like that because wow. it was one of the first first iPhone apps to use video. Um, So we had a couple of cool moments, but ultimately that business failed. Uh, You know, it was the recession in 2008. We tried to build a whole business based around advertising, the advertising market collapsed. So uh, we had a pretty hard time trying to kind of keep things going. And after that, I moved into a company where we did uh, video-based e-learning. So I Mm -hmm. built a, a company that basically used video online as a way to teach staff for companies all over the world. Mm-hmm. That did pretty good. And I left that in about 2000 and 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. So this is like, it was my first two. And then I was approached by a company that asked me to go out to Koh Samui in Thailand, a little tropical Island off the coast of Thailand um, to, to work with them on their startup. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. You, you want me to go and live by the beach, kind of have your life <laughs> and, uh, and work on, on tech products. So that was a that was a video platform, user generated content platform that was that was just starting out. And uh, I did that for a couple of months. And at that point, I met a, co- a guy that I really, really liked in the company. He was an engineer. Mm-hmm. We got on great. We just had a great energy together. He was super smart, but he was kind of a junior engineer at the company, but like he was very inquisitive, always like wanting things to be better and asking questions about everything. So I really noticed him and kind of, you know, when things were winding down for that, that business, I said to him, we should look at where we can work together. And like, can we start something together and and try something out? And the part of the platform that we were working on that was doing the best Mm -hmm. was the gaming section. But the management team were not so keen on gaming content because they thought it looked crap. They they didn't like the look of it. (laughs) They thought, you know, this is not good quality content. What We should be pulling like the gaming section off the website. And I'm like, "Uh, but that's actually where everyone is hanging out. That's where people are actually engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was what kind of gave me and my new co-founder the impetus to, to look at gaming as a space that we could potentially build something cool. Um, so we decided to effectively spin out and do our own startup, which was, uh, a website a web platform called player.me, which was what we were trying to build. There was like the about.me for gaming.
0: I use so, player.me. <laughs> oh, dude. <Yeah. laughs>
1: okay. Okay. So, so I, I started that with my co-founder Mac, um, wow. from a villa, in thailand he would just code all day i'd start planning everything and organizing Mm -hmm. you know our resources and stuff and then we'd jump into the pool and have little strategy sessions for 15 minutes and then hop back out and we'd start coding again we get back to work so uh yeah we built that out in in thailand um over the space of about six to nine months we kind of worked on that together out there and then I had to go off and try and get some money to keep this thing going, right? So Mm -hmm. um, anyway, fast forward a couple of years and we met with the Split Media Labs guys who are obviously doing XSplit and having big success in the gaming space, um, obviously doing Broadcaster and Gamecaster. And we had a chat with them in relation to their, they they always had a vision to kind of, you know, build social features into XSplit or sort of bring the community together um of creators and, and and kind of get some place and mm-hmm. hopefully that would have been excellent where you know creators could communicate with each other and help each other out and, and advise each other on best thing, best tools to use best ways to create good quality content stuff like that mm-hmm. so it seemed like you know our visions kind of aligned i've always had a very strong interest in digital media content related web-based businesses and and live streaming i think is that next Sort of evolution. We went from like, you know, audio to video to now live. Audio is kind of coming back in there as well. Yeah. Video, short form stuff is coming back in there now, and it's a beautiful ecosystem of video. But like live is this one that's kind of just taking. Well, it's taken off over the last number of years, specifically in gaming. But I think we're just right at the start of seeing live across all segments of, uh, you know basically society and, and all kinds of industries adopting live. So, you know, we decided to join forces with Split Media Labs. And then over the last sort of three to four years, we've been building these products together and, and, and trying to build tools for people who love creating content and help them make the best quality content they can, make it as easy as possible for them to do that and, and give them additional tools to engage with their audience, right? To create that two-way, because that's the beauty of live. Versus uh, kind of pre-recorded, you know, content yeah. is that you get to actually engage with the audience in a, in a live environment and get that live feedback from them.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I so that's
1: that's that's me waffling about my my background there for about five ten no, minutes. So
0: no, I'm I'm completely fine with it. Like I I did not know like you you were the creator of uh, Player Not Me. Like that's which is interesting because I still like. For my layout on my streams, I stream on Twitch, uh, occasionally on YouTube. But my overlay and everything is from Player.me, so yeah, it's it's such a uh, you know like, it is, when it comes to streaming, um, trying to create overlays like there are so many places where you can just like oh you can use Photoshop and After Effects to create like your own custom overlays and stuff like that, but. For me, when I got into streaming and content creation, I'm like, I I don't know where to start. And I remember uh, one of my friends who is a streamer told me like, hey, go sign up for player.me. And then my wife, who also is a full-time streamer and creator, like we both signed up. And it was just so simple and easy to use. Like it's drag and drop interface. You can do customization. Do you want tickers going? Do you want the follower count? Do you want the sub count? Like it's such... You know, and I, and I still recommend it to people today. I'm like, they're looking to start. I'm like, it's the most simple and effective thing, and
2: so.
1: and I, I absolutely I appreciate love it. that. <laughs> wow, I appreciate that. I wasn't involved in building it, just involved in kind of doing the business stuff around it, right? So, like, I'll, I'll yeah. tell the the engineers <laughs> and the designers and everything that they did a great job
0: yeah i mean even with um with the the overlay that i'm using now for like this this podcast like if you see like the 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 windows like that's from player.me like i i basically took (laughs) uh you know two two uh webcam images and i did a side by side with it i did the overlay with the background and then i just did the green screen and cut out the the part where the you can see like you and i and it's just it's is such an amazing platform. I absolutely love it. <laughs> okay.
1: appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, we've actually, you know, like we've taken so because <clears throat> me has so many different moving parts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we what we've tried to do is, I don't know if you've seen our Gamecaster product that we released. Kind of, we updated it completely mm-hmm. fresh about um, about nine months ago. At this stage, mm-hmm. but what we've done is we've we've taken you know that kind of overlay system. Implemented it directly into Gamecaster. The overlays in there obviously are like kind of tied to Gamecaster. So you need to use Gamecaster as a streaming solution, like application as well Mm -hmm. to use those overlays in in Gamecaster. Whereas Player is kind of a little bit more agnostic. It's you can use those overlays anywhere basically. You don't need to be using an XSplit streaming application to be able to use them. So, um, but you know, that was all taken from the learnings that we got from Player.me and you know, probably tweak the overlay system in GameCast or slightly based on the data that we've seen from player.me to make it even easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ultimate goal with that application was effectively, you know, you know yourself, creating content, especially live. And, you know, even pre-recorded stuff is, is really hard. Yeah, um, It's hard in terms of the technical elements, like all the stuff you need to know and learn to make really good quality stuff the software that you need to learn to you know all the <laughs> yeah. quirks and kinks and features and everything like that um, and then also obviously like building your audience is it everyone thinks that you know you just go live or you go you create video and everyone just wants to watch it right yeah. you know you you're a one man basically a one man business you're an entrepreneur who's learning all the skills that you would need as a regular entrepreneur to to build your product, to make the product qualities as high as it can possibly be, and then to find audience, right? To find people yeah. who wanna engage with that, that product. And that last part is always, people don't underestimate how hard that part is in every business, right? And, yeah. and so, you know, us as expert, we don't have the platform, we don't have a Twitch, we don't have a YouTube, we don't have a Facebook. So we're not like, we're not the people who are able to maybe get you that audience. We, mm-hmm. we try little things to try and help you, you know, get that audience, those audience numbers up that will help you to stay passionate and stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we really have an opportunity is on the product side to make it as easy as possible, to help you make as look your stream look as good as possible, like offering these overlays to make it as easy as kind of click, drag, drop um, for you to create something that looks professional and then at least you feel better about what you're doing and then hopefully the audience comes right um, yeah. because our industry has a high level of turnover people yeah. come they they want to be huge they spend 2 weeks doing it and then they bounce out <laughs> when they realize how difficult this is right yeah so like people like you have managed to stay the course and you're reaping the the rewards of that you know because it really does take big commitment um you know a lot of effort staying consistent all those kind of things that is, is difficult for a lot of people so again congrats man.
0: yeah and you know I, I frequently get invited out to the different universities here from University of Hawaii or Hawaii Pacific University to speak to the college students uh, about because there's this growing desire from college students and, and young people to get into you know, what we're doing with broadcast media with, with Twitch or with YouTube or with podcasting. And you know, it's kind of interesting because like when I think back to when I hopped into it, it was still like kind of mainstream, but not to where it is now, where everyone's like, hey, if I got a computer, webcam, microphone, I can just hop in and do it. And one of the things like I I over the last uh, couple of years I've been speaking at the universities is I continue to tell the students that look. If you're going to do this, if you're going to be a content creator and you want to, you know, be successful, just understand it's not an overnight thing. Uh, it's it's a it's like any business, like any type of startup, you're going to have to invest in it. You may be running in the red for several years, but, you know, that return on investment, if you truly dedicate your, yourself to it, the ROI is definitely going to be a fulfilling, you know, payout. And for me, like, I literally left my full-time job as a senior system analyst to do this, and it was rough, you know, and I, I tell the yeah, students, like, yeah. it was very rough going from almost 100k, well, no, I was making over 80k a year doing that to this, where I'm like, I was struggling for many months, and now it's like, it's consistent. Am I the hugest streamer? No. Am I the hugest YouTuber? No. But... I get to work with the gaming industry something that like you I was a I'm a kid from the 80s growing up 80s 90s that was something you didn't think was even a possibility you'd read yeah, gaming uh, magazines yeah. or you know you see the cartoons and the advertisements on on TV but working in a gaming industry or working alongside it that was an impo- that was not something people ever thought they they could do and in this day and age like you can do that now and, you know, I've told the yeah. students, like, it's just, you got to stick with it. You got to dedicate, be consistent, you know, constantly upload, like not, I know some people that upload four or five videos a day. And I'm like, that's, that's a quick way to burn out a couple times yeah. a week, two or three, if you're streaming two or three times a week, learn how to market. Like I, I went to college for marketing, advertising and PR. And when I graduated, that's when we had like the whole recession, <laughs> that hit and i was like oh (laughs) Oh, no
1: (laughs) crap yeah i I feel your (laughs) pain but
0: but yeah like you know it's it's marketing it's advertising it's you're effectively a business i I put up a tweet earlier today so i was i I was up for 38 hours i i did six video reviews six podcasts i published two videos and you know updated my website was on conference calls but I don't have a team but i i am that team and i'm yeah. so dedicated to the craft that i'm willing to work harder than the next guy to be successful and you have to be hungry and and want to succeed if you're gonna do this it's not an overnight success and yeah absolutely <laughs> and,
1: and 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 the other aspect there is like i mean i even noticed when we were communicating with each other and it's kind yeah. of like you were answering emails and i don't know what time it was in hawaii or whatever, but <laughs> you, you were you were really accommodating in terms of timing like you know setting this up and stuff like that and it was impressive because i was there going okay this this guy is actually you know he's willing to be up at 1 a.m to record this thing. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's that that honestly that's the difference between people who and and, and there is a very fine line between success and failure and and, you know, failure is never, like, I've failed multiple times, and it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world because you gain so much from it. Um, but it's then about, like, do you come back and try it again in a different yeah. format or some, some other kind of style? Um, but the, the most important thing as well, alongside kind of, you know, the commitment, the ambition, the passion, the hard work ethic, all those things that you mentioned is that you need to be passionate about the subject or you need to you need to, that needs to be, part of what you do because it's the it's the other thing that's going to keep you going if you love it if you love the 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 content or if you love the subject matter if you love whatever it is that you're you're creating then Mm -hmm. it won't feel like work right most of the time it won't feel like work there's always dog's (laughs) body work that you have to do along the way that's going to feel like work but the the good stuff is going to be worth the bad stuff right so um and then there's too many people. I feel in the content space specifically now, because it's been so democratized, and like everyone is able to go out, as you said, and create YouTube videos. And mm-hmm. you know, the requirement for equipment and all that, all everything's been lowered. The bar's been lowered in terms of what it takes to go out and create um, your content. That there's a lot of people who are focusing on trying to figure out where is a space that is blowing up that they can attach themselves to Mm -hmm. rather than what's a space that they're super passionate about where they can start to build an audience because their passion comes through. Yeah. Um, and you know, we see that a lot in gaming as well, right? Where there's people who are playing specific games just to jump on that hype train and hopefully get noticed as, you know, or be one of the first people who is streaming the new big title so that they can then hit ninja levels. Right. And it's not about them actually enjoying the game. It's more about them just wanting to hit on the next big title. Yeah. um, You know, from my perspective, whenever I'm asked by anyone in terms of content, any kind of content business, because it's a creative art and with creative arts, you need to have passion to be able to deliver something that the audience is going to engage with. I think, right. You can't fake that. And so, you know, that's the other piece that I would say is super important that you just follow even if it feels like it's a very tiny audience and it's a niche, mm-hmm. you never know that niche could turn into something big, yeah. um, and then you're you're the you're the leading voice in that space if you've done <laughs> it early, right? So yeah,
0: yeah, that's and my, it, that's
1: my take on it.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. I know you know a lot of creators, both large and small, and and many of them, the, I, I understand it because at one point I have done it. The, like I try to tell people who both, you know, big and small and those who are interested in getting into this this field that you gotta, you literally do have to have a passion for this like, I, I love interviewing people you know, I love interacting with people I'm originally from Western Samoa so for me, English isn't my native language but, wow. you know, I'm typically uh, you know, introverted, nervous, but it helps me reaching out to people and feel some very, very interested in or passionate about getting to understand things because you know for a kid coming from a farm in Samoa like a lot of this is like oh man it's you know people in Samoa like this is not something that they would think of doing and so I'm here and I want to show people in Samoa people here in Hawaii people in the rest of the U.S. and around the world that if you have a dream or a desire to do something pursue it you know just have that passion keep hacking at it and 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 keep going at it and with what I'm seeing with uh, people in the gaming sphere when it comes to streaming and trying to be the one playing the trending game and trying to be the first to do this, I it's kind of funny because a lot of people that I know actually resent that they're doing the popular thing because they're like, oh, yeah, I got the numbers. Yeah, I'm getting this, but I don't really care about this. And And to me, if I don't have a passion for it, I can't do it. Like, I just... It, it, uh, you it, burn it, it, out a lot
1: quicker, that's for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, it's, it's taking it's taking out of you. It's taking energy out of you every day. Whereas, when it's something you love, it gives energy back. It's kind yeah. of a cycle, right? Where you you get you you get replenished by, you know, good days that you have yeah. on something that you love. They they're the things that keep you going longer. So it's as you said, it's extremely like the startup world where you have people who create startups in a space that they see an opportunity but they don't necessarily have the passion for it right and they just burn out quicker yeah um so yeah
0: yeah definitely (laughs) um uh you know so so one of the questions i definitely wanted to ask you um i know it took a long time to get to asking this because i'm just enjoying the conversation with you so far (laughs) um so so um, with all the streaming software that's available for, you know, content creators able to, you know, capture footage and stream, like, what is it about XSplit that both separates it from competitors like OBS and its variants and, you know, other streaming software that's available on, pl- you know, software such as like AeroMedia and Elgato products? Like, what makes XSplit the, the go-to choice for creators
1: in your opinion? So, I mean you know, I, 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 being totally honest, like on in terms of expert versus OBS or Streamlabs and people like that, it, it is ultimately, it's a bit of a difficult one because it's, it's almost like a race to the bottom in terms of features. We, mm-hmm. we release something, OBS will release it, you know, a couple of months later, they release something that we think is cool. We'll release it a couple of months later. So it's, it's kind of there, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like, you know, innovation in the space, like something really truly unique and innovative is kind of harder and harder because this is a product that's been built over the last 10 years, you know? So Mm -hmm. like XSplit, you know, released broadcaster in 2010. And that was the first application that made it easy to capture gameplay, right? So we had a nice two year, I think two or three year window before OBS came out, where then all of a sudden it was like, it was on competition hardcore just like you know and we we have a really good relationship with the obs guys like we there's a ton of mutual respect there you know they Mm -hmm. wanted to provide something that was open source and free to the gaming community because gamers traditionally don't really like paying for software um (laughs) and you know we 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 started a business we have you know we have uh, a lot of staff and we have we've you know generated a lot of jobs and and stuff like that and we have to pay people right for their work so mm-hmm. um so we went a different route and we kind of went the route of you know you know freemium you know pay for a subscription get the extra features so you know in terms of a feature set like you know there's there's relative parity there right there's you know we're always trying to innovate and do new things and do things better and release new features and we really do listen to the users in terms of like every single user counts. every single bit of feedback we get is fed through the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we do have that twenty four seven support. So what we would always say is, you know if if you are if you're really taking it seriously, if it's something where it's super important, it's your job, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have your stream drop. you can't have technical issues for too long, mm-hmm. then we're super responsive right and that's the only the only kind of difference i think we can say is like if you come to us and there's a there's a a deal breaker problem or whatever our team are on it like pretty much 24/7 to try and fix that for you so you can get your stream back up and running that's your business we understand that's your business and so it's very important for us to make sure that you can continue to run your business as if we're a key component of it right mm-hmm. so You know, I think that's one of the areas where, and I'm not downplaying OBS or anything like that because they are not a commercial entity. They don't, they can't pay salaries for people to be there and, and, and deal with those things and respond like that. And also they have way more users, right? Because they're free. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the headaches that comes with being free is you get a ton of users, but, and then you can't be as responsive to each one. So you know that's where I would say that we have a strength is that we're we're if if you want something that you're effectively going to get a quick response, you're going to get some kind of action on on your issues. We're we're the ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, on a product the product level, there's they're fairly similar. There there you know there's different UIs. There's some people like specific features that are on XSplit versus OBS and vice versa. So. You know, we have we 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 kind of have to acknowledge that there's it's a personal taste thing, really, a lot mm-hmm. of the time too. Um, but again, you know, a lot of our our customers are paying customers would probably be businesses and people who want to just pay that extra bit to make sure that they know that they can they can get that that kind of customer service straight away. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're constantly building, like we're always releasing new stuff where we have because because we're a business and we were able to kind of invest a little bit in R&D and other s- sections, we have new products that come up, like our Gamecaster was, you know, rebuilt from the ground mm-hmm. up, has all these cool features. We really, truly believe that is like the streaming application for 80% of new to medium sort of uh, experienced gamers who are looking to stream because a ton of these features that we have in Broadcaster are not really that necessary for, the, the regular content creator who's not looking to get too fancy right mm-hmm. broadcaster has a lot of cool stuff for those ones who want to go that extra mile and want to really learn how to you know make, make a production pop but gamecaster is kind of that that you know easy to use tool that can deliver on 80 percent of the market needs right and then we also released a product called vcam i don't know if you've seen that yep. where it's yep. um it's it we we kind of you know we do we use machine learning and AI to segment the background on on your your live webcam so you don't need to buy a green screen. Um, we try to have minimal impact on CPU. We come at it from a gaming perspective where it's like, hey, if we're hogging up resources which traditionally any kind of you know AI green screen has done, um, gamers are just not going to engage because we're taking up resources that they need for their game, right? so We've focused a lot on reducing uh, impact and increasing performance of mm-hmm. the actual segmentation. And we have like our VCAM that's out right now is pretty good, but we have one coming out in the next couple of weeks that is like mind blowing. Like your whole oh. setup there, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna pick out the mic, your head, your I mean, I was using it yesterday, a test version, and I was lifting my headphones off my, my ear and taking them away, and it was still picking them up. And it was seeing, even though my hair has gone kind of uh, COVID lockdown style, very <laughs> heavy here, it was picking up little spaces between the headphones and, and my hair and showing the background like that I'd selected. Wow. So, and it's, and it's very low impact on the CPU. So, I mean, like we're making huge advances there where I feel like it's never going to be necessary to have a green screen again, which is saving mm. a lot of hassle, especially for the new creators who don't have a studio set up and... Um, and don't have like the resources we're saving them hopefully like 99 bucks or whatever it costs to maybe set up that green screen right Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have like our video editor product which we kind of spun out of broadcaster we have a couple of other ideas on products that we're releasing so I guess that is kind of maybe the difference for us as well is that we're trying to create an all-encompassing content creator business where we're giving Mm -hmm. you all the tools we're trying to help as much as we can in terms of giving you easy to use tools that can help you do your job mm-hmm. um whereas you know an OBS is very much kind of a streaming application and and that's it and and uh you know we we're trying to kind of fill that whole tool chain with the little bits and pieces that you might need to to do your to do your job so
0: yeah definitely and um like I guess like my wife and I, we both utilize uh, XSplit, you know, both uh, broadcaster and gamecaster, and I utilize uh, the VCam because she, my wife Lehua, she actually uses. She's got an Elgato green screen, which originally was supposed to be for me, but whatever's mine is hers. Just, just how that works. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I know how that works. <laughs> I, I know all about that. <laughs> I've lost tons of stuff over the last year. It's like electronics are all over here in her area, of her desk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's like you know, like she utilizes it. So when she streams and when she does her pod, she also has a podcast of her own, and and so she utilizes that. So I was like, okay, I need to utilize something because I don't want to take down her setup and, and and move the green screen to me so i have been i've utilized that for the, the last several months and you know quite honestly i i used to be a, a user of obs like i was using it and i will admit and this is not to to bash obs in any, any way but it's not very intuitive of a platform it's definitely something you're gonna have to take time to To figure out like what does what how do you route the audio how do you route the incoming you know uh, incoming audio outgoing audio how do you gauge levels how do you put the you know make sure that the game capture is capturing correctly like it's very much something that it took me a while like i'd probably say like a week and a half to fully understand what all the different intricacies of lbs are and the limitations, like I can only stream to one platform or another. And then I, if I want to switch what platform I'm going to be YouTube mixer, Facebook, whatever I have to go in and manually log into each one. And then uh, if I'm going to go to this platform, log in, switch everything around so that it's there. Whereas with XSplit, literally I can log in once for all of my, my outlets and then it's easy. It's drag and drop interface. I don't have to manually sit with things like if I want to enlarge like the, the the screen capture of my, my you know, my game I'm streaming or if I want to run. Like one of the things I actually started doing to separate my podcast from others is if I do it live, I actually use this platform on top of XSplit, and I'll just do a screen capture, run my intro through uh, X uh, through X split. Switch to the just Chat and scene. Switch to the podcast. Switch to the outro. Yeah. All super easy and efficient. It's not taxing on the on my computer. It's uh, able to do multi-streaming, which is something I am so grateful that you guys have. Like, because I usually stream my podcast to both YouTube and to Twitch simultaneously for both my audiences, and you guys make it so seamless and easy to do. Like, I don't have to buy, you know, custom R- RTMP uh, platforms and services. So I, I, you know, your, your, your your guys' platform, honestly, it it powers everything I do from my podcast to my live streams and my content on YouTube. My wife and I both utilize the video editor, which is so simple and easy to use because, you know, especially as a content creator trying to get video editing software or Photoshop or streaming software, all that adds up and to have one platform, That can take like 80% of the load off your shoulder and and just allow you to do your work easily and efficiently and not have to worry about crashing or you know bugs. It's just it's such a godsend. So I I really want to say thank you to you to you and to your team for
1: yeah. (laughs) We appreciate that. I mean, I, I hear you, but at the same time, like we still feel like there's a lot of ways that we can make that even more intuitive, right? Because Again, like like Broadcaster specifically was kind of built 10 years ago, and we've built mm-hmm. on top, like building blocks. Um, and, you know, there are people out there like yourself. You're, you're, the early adopters when it comes to content creation were generally like techies, right? People mm-hmm. who like technology, who like to tinker with things and figure stuff out and, and achieve something because they, <laughs> you know, they worked at it. Um, but like when you start hitting that kind of mass market thing, which as I said earlier in the show, I kind of feel like we're, we're getting to that point almost. And like COVID has helped push the curve further up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, as we get to that point where it becomes more mass market, there is less of a tendency to want to try and find cool stuff rather than needing it right there. Like even easier. So, you know, again, OBS is, awesome. They've done an awesome job in offering a free tool to the mm-hmm. audience, like, because they've they've basically helped to grow the whole space, right? We always feel like, you know, OBS didn't kind of take up our piece of the pie. They basically just grew the entire pie. We together grew this pie mm-hmm. into a bigger thing, right? And so there are people out there who just don't want to pay for software and they have OBS and they're going to spend the time to figure out how to make it work for them. And that's cool. We, you know, we we are actually really grateful. We're a sponsor of OBS. Like, we're grateful that they're in the ecosystem, that they're doing these things for you know the the the, the gamers or any content creators who just want to get up and running and they don't want to spend any money, right? Fine, yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, we 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 have again with the fact that we're a commercial entity, we have the resources to be able to put that extra polish, that get the designers on it, and really kind of try and focus and nail that stuff as much as we can um you know just because we we, we do happen to charge for it and we, we do have paying customers thank god so that that keeps everyone in a job still so we're, we're delighted <laughs> but um but again we, we we do really like the obs guys we think what they've done is awesome amazing achievement because they are incredibly competitive in terms of the product and the technology They're, they they the the resources they have they've done an incredible job so shout
0: out to them definitely definitely um one of the things like i wanted to ask uh given that uh, exploit does have uh you know paid tiers like you've got the the monthly tier which you know you can do it anywhere from i believe three months or six months 12 months or you can do uh uh you can buy out the the license outright Yeah. like with uh with regards to I i guess the financial aspect of that like deciding on coming up with tiers uh how did you guys decide on that and and you know as well as offering a a lifetime license which i i'm going to get one eventually i'm on the monthly tier my my wife has a lifetime and she keeps saying you need to buy this i'm like you get mad if i buy another video game or controller are you okay yeah. with me spending 200 she's like yeah just get it
1: I'm, are you sure <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can hook you up with some nice discount <laughs> uh, Yeah, so in terms of uh, how we came up with that and our pricing structure and stuff like that, I guess, um, you know, we have like we do have competitors in the space of like live streaming like Mm -hmm. effectively what we see, what we see broadcaster as is like a it's a production studio right Mm -hmm. with it on your laptop. Um, It's effectively like a switcher in 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 a major production Uh, studio where if they're doing the news or whatever they would have like a super complicated system we kind of boiled it down into this this uh, piece of software that sits on your laptop or your desktop now so we have competitors on the high end like you know Wirecast the Vmixes, people like Mm -hmm. that who are doing this kind of software for large companies or Mm -hmm. you know and they they charge a lot more what we wanted to do was make sure that we made it affordable for or demographic that we serve, especially in the early days, which is the, the gaming audience. These are the people who really adopted live streaming very aggressively, very early. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that the pricing was affordable and not like you are not price gouging and, and making it like really painful for people to engage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, You know, like the the lifetime license thing, I think is just an awesome deal because most people who do like lifetime or software deals effectively give you that version and then you have to pay for updates and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, whereas we're kind of like, you get it for free for life. Um, Any updates that we provide, you get them as well. And so like in terms of pricing, it was not very scientific. It's not, it continues to not be hugely scientific in terms of what we do. we do mm-hmm. use data now, we do kind of try and figure out what's the sweet spot for, you know, maximizing uh, return but, you know, making sure that we're getting a, a, as much adoption as we possibly can, so we do try and kind of get that right, that balance right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's 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 to a certain degree, it's kind of licking your finger and putting it in the air and figuring <laughs> out how 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 quickly what where what way the wind is going, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, we we know that we're missing big opportunities probably on the enterprise business side of things, where businesses look at our software and they're like, and I've actually had it where I'm at a conference mm-hmm. and um, like you know, it's more a B two B like media conference where you've got big TV studios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they come up and they're like, "Oh, we had a look at Explit, but like, what's the like, what's the catch? The pricing—it's too low, and and you know, our our procurement team will never go for that. It just seems like it's—we're <laughs> not going to get any support or anything like that. So they're effectively asking us to charge them more to make it more realistic. Mm-hmm. And so I know that we have we've lost opportunities. Sorry, that's my WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> let me just close that out. Um, So, yeah, we know that we've, um, you know, we may have lost revenue opportunity in a certain area because they just don't consider us because they consider it like a consumer product and Mm -hmm. gaining and it's not for them. Um, But at the same time, we're more interested in kind of hopefully getting as many people out there and help. And that's why we like OBS so much because they're the same, right? Get as many people out there creating content, discovering their passion, hopefully being able to make money from it and a career out of it and and, uh, you know, find happiness through that rather than mm-hmm. maybe working in a job they hate, right? So, um, you know, that's the bigger picture for us is like, yes, we need to make money. We need to pay salaries. People need to eat. But <laughs> at the same time, we, we're we very lucky and happy that we're able to do that at a point where it's like, effectively, if you buy a one-year license, it's the equivalent of like a coffee a month, right? And so Yeah. You know, if if you're not willing to spend coffee a month for your for your career in content creation, then you know, you've got to question: What do you really are are, are into it?
2: No, yeah,
0: that's true. I'm just scared, my wife. I'm just. She said it's okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Just no, no, person. no! You're like me.
1: You're you're, you're like me. You're, you're a commitment phobe, right? You're you're basically saying, "I'm gonna dabble. I'm gonna do my three months, six months, or whatever here, and see how it goes." I'm the same. software. I'm always like, I put me on the one month plan, even if it's gonna cost me double. Put me on that one month recurring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: but no like it, it, honestly though at the prices that you if you folks are offering it's very competitively priced is very fairly priced and you know very affordable you know the the, the different tiers it, whether sense. you want to do three months six months 12 months nine months lifetime because you, you frequently have a, a sale for your lifetime license yeah. it's usually yeah. around uh, 200 us dollars and i you know i highly recommend and I'm going to. Yeah, I know my wife's gonna. She's okay with me. It's just, I'm, you know, it's just. If I buy stuff, like I bought this microphone. This microphone was like two hundred dollars. She's like, "Why'd you spend that? You have a Yeti. I want better I need quality. To get
1: myself one of those. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen I have, like the
0: the the skyrocketing prices for microphones and cameras lately?
1: Listen, I I mean it's we I mean, we talk to obviously like you know the the, the Logitech's and the Razors and. All that. Mm. <clears throat> you know they're just running out of stock they're just the demand is so high it's yeah i see like uh, webcams are selling for like 200 bucks on yeah on ebay and stuff like that so it's 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 kind of crazy but again you know like i feel like what we what we're experiencing or what we have experienced over the last 3 months has accelerated us on the natural trajectory that we were already on where mm-hmm. you've got people who were kind of holding back on committing to virtual you know meetings and like or you know te- teleconferences or web conferences or whatever mm-hmm. who were you know kind of saying they didn't have the time or whatever to create new content or talk about their passion. Like my 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 fiance is a doctor and now she's wanting to maybe start creating a show a bit like yours about medicine, right? And so mm-hmm. you have all these people who are realizing more and more the potential for online communication, distribution of their their experience, their knowledge, all that kind of stuff. And so I don't I don't necessarily think it's just because people are doing Zooms to each other. They're like going out and buying Logitech like mad and buying all the razor keos up yeah. and it's and, and and the microphones and everything they're like they're buying professional grade stuff because they're starting yeah. to see you know oh i could use video for my business to do this or that mm-hmm. or whatever you know and so like it's great great for the whole space really i think you yeah. know i was probably expecting this kind of growth or explosion outside of the gaming space for for mm-hmm. content to kind of start maybe in like three to five years maybe you know to mm-hmm. but it's it's accelerated and i think no matter what it's the world has changed in terms of yeah. what we do yeah
0: and and you know honestly right now is you know, i frequently get asked like oh you know when should i start a podcast when should i do youtube when should i stream it's now the time yeah. is now <laughs> More well, a, I, I, I
1: don't know who, who who said the quote but i always say it to everyone whenever they're like what, the, what should I it's like you know the best time to to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best mm-hmm. time is now right yeah. so like you can never sort of say it's too late right because then you'll never get around to it mm-hmm. um you should have done it five years ago but yeah today is the next best time to do it right so just do it go for yeah. it try it out and like like everything, you know, the startup stories uh, I was mentioning a bit earlier. Like everything, you will probably fail. You mm-hmm. may not hit your sweet spot in the first go. May take a little bit of tinkering. You might have to release m- multiple iterations of your podcast or your or your video series or your live streaming kind of brand. Mm-hmm. But it'll if you get if you keep trying, you'll find something that clicks, and then yeah. you're not doing it for any other reason than you enjoy doing it and then hopefully the audience comes with that
0: yeah yeah definitely um being completely respectful of your time i know you have uh you have a very very busy day it's for the (laughs) the audience who doesn't know uh he's in the morning time it's late night for me i'm a night owl i stay up all the time i probably sleep two hours i'll lay down and two hours later i'm like yep i'm fully rested let's get back to work i'm the opposite (laughs) i need eight (laughs) But you know, like being completely respectful of your time, winding down to the last couple of questions. uh are there any plans to bring XSplit to Mac OS or Linux for native usage? like i, I know a lot yeah. of people usually do like uh if it's a Mac, they'll do like uh bootcamp or parallels and then run Windows and then put it on there. but uh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no, so again, like go, based on the kind of acceleration that we've seen in terms of the adoption of of live streaming and, and content creation tools. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Mac Mac has kind of moved up the ranks in terms of importance for us because mm-hmm. you know being being a gaming more gaming focused streaming application, gamers don't generally use Mac. So yeah, you know, the majority of our market is on PC. Um, but you know, we are releasing a Mac version of VCAM, uh, probably nice. fingers crossed. By the end of next month, um, awesome. so that's kind of our our one of our first forays into Mac. Um, we do we're 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 effectively building a Mac team to try and figure out how we can bring some of our other tools across to Mac. Like we have some some legacy issues when it comes to broadcaster. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder to do some of the things that we do on broadcaster on a Mac, um, you know, computer, but. And 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 OBS have done it, and I think they've had a lot of headaches trying to do it, and it's it's kind of a, a pain point for them still. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we may do on Mac may not be sort of, so, so gaming focused, but it'll allow people to create, you know, we, we need to we need to really engage with the Mac community and, and allow people in, who are using Macs who we generally tend to be quite creative people mm-hmm. to, to to create content too, right? So so that is definitely on our roadmap. When it comes to the more broadcaster solutions, I cannot give you a timeline there, but I can say (laughs) that it has become, it's become quite a strong focus for us and, and, and VCAM is coming soon, so.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, other question I have is like, uh, for you, like, what, what is, uh, what is it like for you? Like a typical day for you in your role as the chief commercial officer for XSplit? (laughs) Like, um, how, I guess, how hectic or how fun or what's the typical day like for
1: you? So it's become a lot more hectic recently um, Mm -hmm. because things are very busy right now. Um, But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I would say like over the last three years, a typical day for me would have been, you know, like, obviously I, I would talk to a lot of partners. I would um, deal with people internally to try and make sure, you know, certain projects that are either with partners or, you know, that are important for, certain types of users are are getting pushed along and dealing a lot with, you know, management internally and stuff like that. Um, And so the time difference is always interesting because, you know, most people are in the Philippines. So it would generally be like when I was in LA, I'd wake up and I'd just have tons of stuff in my inbox and my Mm -hmm. Slack channels would be rammed full of of stuff that I'd (laughs) be reading. Um, And so my first, and, and then what I would generally have is a bunch of calls with Manila or, You know, other places in Asia first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and then catch up with all that stuff. And a a big period of quiet in the afternoon when they were all asleep and I could do some things maybe more locally, um, go to meetings and things like that. And then it would all kick off again at night. So I generally Mm -hmm. work kind of like a 12 to 14 hour day myself, (laughs) uh, interspersed with moments of quiet. <laughs> um, but the the majority and also over the last couple of years a lot of travel huge huge amount of travel like i had a passport that I got and within two years every page was covered in stamps, so I was just traveling like all the time um but nowadays it's 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 very it's a lot easier. I just sit around I do conference calls with partners, big clients um you know potential People that we want to work with, either, you know, to, to, to use their technology for a new product, a product strategy, things like that. So it's it's a day that is probably 50% meetings, 50%, you know, answering emails, doing pitch decks, mm-hmm. putting presentations together, trying to get access to particular partners that we'd like to work with and stuff like that. So it's never the same. It's pretty interesting. That's kind of always changing.
0: Awesome. It keeps doing you your toes. I like it.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I get to work in a super creative field. You know, I still get to do tech, but I love digital media. I love content. So, um, you know, this is a space that I'm super passionate about. And, and I'm just blessed to be able to work in it. But like we've said throughout this thing is you make your own path by effectively like you. Everyone nowadays has the power to to say i want to go into that space too mm-hmm. so many times people put the blocks in their and in, in their way themselves by saying oh it's not possible that's like a walled garden i'm not gonna be able to get into that mm-hmm. industry you, know, you can break that down you can create a podcast like if i want to get into the music industry uh i create a podcast on music and i talk about music that i'm passionate about and i interview people people are always interested in sharing their story right so mm-hmm. reach out Ask people who you, are, you, you really want to talk to to come on your show and, and, and have a chat with them, build your network like that. All of a sudden, you may have a voice that people listen to and you become important in, in mm-hmm. music. And You always thought music, is, and I know music. I've managed a band for a while, one of the hardest <laughs> industries in the world. <laughs> but you can make your way. You can, you can do it. You could, you could uh, you carve out your own space there, and then all of a sudden you didn't need someone to give you your first break in that space, right? You can create it. Yeah, definitely. And I managed to do that. I was a banker. Like now I'm like (laughs) content creators all day and and, you know dealing with techies. So it's it's cool. Awesome. I used to use Hotmail, you know, like 10 years ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Like you look back on like how technology has advanced in the last 10 to 15 years, like especially like with smartphones. I remember when a smartphone was like a palm or a blackberry. Oh yeah. I love the Blackberry.
1: I, I wanted that so
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> Like you knew you were doing it. Right? <laughs> it's like the kids nowadays are that? like, oh, you can take camera, uh, feed, take pictures, and surf the internet. I'm like, yeah, back then you could only do that with a Blackberry or a Palm OS, and that was a status symbol. <laughs> yeah.
1: Seriously. That's that's when you knew someone was a baller when they'd be walk out and pull out a BlackBerry. You're like, oh, right? that's important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, it, it's just crazy when you look at how like things are changing and like things that we have now, like being able to watch videos on the phone or stream live. Yeah, it, you know, it's just it's crazy. Just
1: and movies, you know, movies yeah. being created with the phone and stuff like that. You know, it's like that's the that's the beauty everyone has this device now in their pocket that is a hd camera that you know and also it's it's kind of it's it's doing so much more than just like for creating you know um content or creative stuff it's about like visibility and transparency as well right mm-hmm. you have people now filming events that are unfolding that are incorrect and mm-hmm. you know we've seen like recently in the states with uh you know this police again being filmed, yeah. doing something that, yeah. you know, and and they still tend to get away with it, but, you know, at least yeah. there's accountability to a certain degree and the people are kind of rising up against this whole thing because yeah. there's more, more phones, literally more phones yeah. showing, showing what's going on. The one area where I'm surprised that phones have not really developed um, kind of this widespread uh, mm-hmm. proliferation of content is in UFO sightings. I used to believe in these things. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like when there's loads of phones, there's less UFO sightings. What's going on? <laughs> so I'm like, if those things are out there, there's people with phones everywhere now. Before you used to have a camcorder, there'd be tons of video all over the yeah. internet, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man uh winding down to the last uh three questions i have for you uh again to be respectful of your time uh what um do you often get to work with uh content creators like in regards to like requests and whatnot and if so like what is the the process like for you like what are your typical interactions or or business deals if, if you're allowed to share that with creators
1: so, so I think we we do in multiple different ways, right? And I'm 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 I work with the marketing team and John Marshall, who's our CMO, a fair bit. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not kind of involved in the nitty-gritty of any of the kind of discussions with creators. You know, I, I had been previously. Um, and generally speaking, what we do is obviously like we get a lot of people who reach out to us, a lot of creators who reach out to us, asking if we can help with this or that, or a sponsor. And we do sponsor, you know, or I think we still sponsor all the Twitch meetups and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We try and help the community as much as we can, just in general. Um, and, and I don't think we're kind of those people who only look at numbers. We look at like if mm-hmm. are doing cool stuff and, and, and we try and get behind them and we try and help them in whatever we, way we can. Um, but in a in a more like you know we we listen to our creators. We have the Exploit Elite program where we have kind of people who are using Exploit who are you know are starting to move up the ranks in terms of you know content creators. They're starting to get more and more of a market share or like more of a voice and and so we try and support them in different ways too. And then we we go all the way up to kind of commercial agreements where. Which we don't do a huge amount of, but mm-hmm. we do a little bit of kind of sponsoring of you know content that is relevant to us, and we hope you know we always try and make it authentic, right? We're never going to uh, ask a creator who doesn't use any of our products to just hey yeah do a statement that you're like expert is cool, right? <laughs> um, we we always try and make it so that any creators that we engage with either are using our product already and they're a big fan and it's not it's just about supporting them a little bit further Mm -hmm. or that um they are open and excited about using our product and we can help them get there and maybe support them to a certain degree whilst we do that so ultimately you know in terms of Aren't engagements and interactions with content creators? It's very much based on authenticity. It's like, if this is some, if you love our product and we love your content, then there's going to be a great fit. And we'll figure out how that how, how that works, mm-hmm. whatever way, whether it's from just, you know, supporting the grassroots level to financially supporting the content that you create. You know?
2: Okay. Cool. Cool.
0: And, you know, business questions and all that. Oh, a push to the side let's talk about you what are some things that you i thought that's what you... we've
1: been doing for the last one
2: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well we've been interspicing it in and out but like i am very curious because you mentioned music i've I've a background in music I love music I want to know like what are some of the things that you like aside from like music and, or just in, even even including music like what are things you enjoy outside of work that people may not be aware of
1: um well, I mean, I'm. I'm. There's nothing kind of hugely out of the ordinary. Like, I'm. I'm a huge fan of music and film and TV. Um, literally, I think my time is is. And I used to be someone who would play soccer. You call it football for us. <laughs> um, I don't do that so much anymore. I need to get back into that. But I watch it a lot, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite into sports and stuff like that. But there's nothing kind of out of the ordinary like I, I I love traveling I love seeing places I love seeing different cultures um, I kind of like doing adventure sports and you know bungee jumping skydiving things like that but I've dived with great whites twice you know oh. like doing doing yeah I mean my 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 parents I had the, I was blessed that my parents lived in Africa for about 10 years and during mm-hmm. that period of time when I go out to visit them, um you know there's there's an incredible amount of things you can do out there like that many people don't don't realize and one of those was you know going down to South Africa and getting to dive in, in cages with great whites um and thank God there was metal there, but it's it's a pretty awesome experience but yeah i'm I'm generally kind of like the day to day film t v music that's it.
0: cool 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 and uh last question i have for you is like is there any advice that you'd like to leave the audience with uh who may be interested in getting into you know your field or getting into you know i guess broadcasting well we've been giving that advice all day but it's if someone wanted to get into like your field like what you're doing specifically what advice would you give them
1: So, I mean, I think that the best bit of advice that I probably would have given myself if I could go back in time um, and sort of start over, Mm -hmm. I don't regret anything I've done. I mean, all the mistakes that I've made have really made me better at what I do. So I don't have any issues with that. But I think to kind of fast track your ability to go from, you know, starting point to a place where you're you're very knowledgeable and you're, you're able to command, you know, a decent salary, decent title, decent, you know, people, your experience will will bring weight wherever you, you work. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that is to go and work for a startup. Um, you know, that is that, that is uh, on a growth trajectory, right? If you can, if you can pick a good startup to work for, that is not like a super big company, but like is, you know, maybe at the fifty to hundred employees stage, maybe a little bit more. You get in there early, you learn from people who are like I hate to sound big headed in a way, but like me, who've had the knocks and who've taken the hits and who've, you know, learned from experience and can pass that on rather than you necessarily mm-hmm. having to 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 experience it yourself. Um, and you can kind of just go in there and, and watch how it works and be part of that. And if that thing grows into something special, then you were an early part of that ride. And it's always gonna benefit you in many different ways, probably financially, definitely Mm -hmm. experience wise, career wise. Um, And, you know, like going it yourself from the start, like doing it yourself, like doing your own startup straight out the gate, like I kind of did and kept doing over and over again is the hard way. That is the hard way because (laughs) you are, learning and it's costing you money and it's costing your investors money for you to learn. Whereas you could be learning and making money by going and mm-hmm. getting a salary and, and, and working with someone who's been through that pain already. So that's the kind of advice I'd have given myself was like, yo, chill out. You are, you don't know everything. You need to learn a shitload more before you can, <laughs> you can go and, and do this thing yourself. Right. So, so, so be humble, go and work for someone at, and, and when you do that, pick something that you really like pick a product that you love or that you use yourself every day. Like I've heard so many stories of 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 awesome people who effectively like use the product very early in its life cycle and email the CEO and say, "Hey, I love your product. i I'll, I'll do whatever. I just want to work for you. i'll be I'll do it I'll do an internship, I'll be free. Mm-hmm. you know and 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 I just need to I just want to work for the product, and I want to work for you, and I want to get the experience." And these people end up having insane careers because mm-hmm. they have that hustle, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. like find some, find a product that you really like and 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 just email and say, Hey, can I work for you? Yeah. Find a job within the company that, that fits your character and your the the career path you want and, and go for it. But yeah, that would be my advice is like get get a two, three years under your belt before you go and do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I lied. I actually have one final question for you.
1: Okay, let's do it. Did you have fun, man? I had a lot of fun. I haven't <laughs> done this uh, that often, and and yeah, this is cool. Very chill. Very good vibe, man. So, I enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things in the pipeline for for XSplit going forward, and and you know, I'd love to have you back on the show if you'd ever be interested in coming back on, and for sure. and. For would sure. you like to tell people like you want to promote anything or or put any plugs out there no to. no we're i
1: i think uh you know that we're we're releasing again and hopefully a new product in the next in the coming months so um you know i'll i'll send you i'll send you a new version of vcam when it comes out so you can test okay. it and you can see how awesome it is um and then i'll 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 send you on uh the new product that we release once that's ready i think it's gonna make life a lot easier for a bunch of podcasters or, or content creators. Um, so, you know, maybe after that, we will have another chat and we can we can talk about that product, but I'm, I'm happy to just chat. I'm not here to, to plug anything.
0: Specific. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, tell people where they can find uh exploit. Cause they can find you on expert.com uh, also on yeah, Twitter, on. Instagram. Uh, Facebook? On I, I don't sales. use Facebook anymore, so I'm not too yeah. sure.
1: Okay. Who does? No, I mean...
0: <laughs> I, I think only... I think... Do I know people yeah, I think, still?
1: Facebook game is, is, is growing, apparently. So there must be more and more, but yeah. I'm, I'm more like Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn and use it. It's because, yeah. you know, I mean, being a business person, that's a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> So
0: uh, with that being said, people, uh, you can catch this episode of the Casanova podcast, along with many others available on every major podcasting platform. Uh, you can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, ah, iHeartRadio. I, I know I'm just going to read it off. I see it right there in front of me. Spotify, <laughs> you know, Pandora. It's also available in video format on both YouTube and Twitch. And also, if you want to support the podcast, we do have Patreon, which uh, helps basically whatever you guys invest into me. I reinvest into the channel, the podcast, the streams to create higher and better quality content for each and every one of you, including podcasts such as this. So with that being said, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm much, really, really telling you guys. Do you utilize x try it out you know it's an amazing platform i use it it powers everything that i do my wife uses it as well and uh it is truly an amazing platform and i again sean i want to thank you and your team for creating such yeah. a fantastic product Thanks and
1: up. uh I appreciate with, that
0: yeah and with that being said this is sean of x and myself mikhail casanova we are signing out you all have a great one. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Casting of Podcast? Well I'm sure you did. And since you did, and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, it includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on youtube.com slash Mikel Casanova, as well as on twitch.tv slash Mikel Casanova and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, with that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great day.